This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. There you go. I think we got everybody in the house. Shadon, are you there? I am. How are you, man? Oh, my God. I'm so happy to talk to you morons. I mean, I've been dealing with this doctors and broken hips yeah. for two weeks. I mean, so we, we haven't really talked about it because we didn't know if you were going to. But explain to everybody, George, why you've been gone. Uh, my mom broke her hip. She was at my uh, cousin's house uh, like she goes every Sunday or was going every Sunday just to <laughs> hang out, lunch and grilling and all that. Uh, their uh, dining room to their living room has a step. She was talking, missed it, broke her hip. Mm. Ouch. And how yeah. old's your mom? 83. Yeah, so what I feel good about, and there's nothing good about the pain your mom is going through, but what I feel good about is at that age, you know, that's how Chick Hearn passed away. Mm. Yeah. You know, he took a fall and never yeah, recovered right. from it. So how's she doing now? Uh, she's in a rehab facility. She hates the food, but nonetheless, still going through therapy. <laughs> you sneaking, sneaking food in? Yeah, well, right. We're bringing her food. I mean, and some of the stuff is actually good. Like, I had some of it today. I'm like, this is good. Like, I don't know what you're complaining about. Was it like jello and pudding <laughs> and stuff like that? The no, dude, it was- in a rehab center with a broken hip, and George is giving her crap about complaining about the food. <laughs> I'm like, yo, it was fried chicken today. Like, I'm like, this oh, is well, delicious. That's, that's kind of yeah. good. Yeah, that's kind of good. I might want to go get that tonight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I was like, I I said, let me have a bite first. So because you've been complaining about the food. I'm like, this is delicious. And then she actually had most of the meal today. So I was like, because the nurses keep telling me, he's like, you know, she doesn't really eat a ton. I'm like, yeah, I know. Trust me. I I get it. Well, I'm glad it's going okay and she's better. getting better yeah. and all, yeah, all yeah, we're that getting stuff. There. Maybe we're she didn't there. want to have fried chicken. Do they have grilled chicken as an option? They do have. They <laughs> Literally, they've said whatever she wants, we'll, make, we'll basically make it for her. <laughs> like It's it's almost like a become a restaurant at this point. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, all right, so your biggest takeaway, uh, Cap, I'll start with you. Your biggest takeaway from the NFL yesterday was what? Well, uh, I, I guess my biggest takeaway was in an overreaction world that we live in, There are some teams that I look at and I think are now great after one week, and there are other teams I look at and think they might as well wave the white flag after one week. Right. You know, I I look at the Dallas Cowboys last night humiliating the New York Giants. I look at the Green Bay Packers pulling into their rival, the Chicago Bears, and blowing them out. I look at a team like the Miami Dolphins, my Miami Dolphins, (laughs) finding a way to get it done in Stan's house. I mean, oh, yeah, come on. Ah! Yeah. Uh. That's for you, Cappy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just can't wait to overreact. My, my, I guess my takeaway, Johnny I, is I'm ready for overreactions. Excellent. Uh, so, Dano, how about you? Oh, my God. The Rams kicking Thank the you. Seahawks' ass in the yeah, second half. Yeah, I agree half. with you, George. You, was incredible. Yes. Like, and, and it's so funny because, you know, during this whole offseason, you know, Cappy's been saying I'm crazy because I think the Rams can be, like, somewhere between, like, an 8- and 10-win team. And you know what? Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford basically told Cappy to go eat it yesterday. Exactly. He, they were talking about him when they were cursing up a storm in that postgame. Yeah, you know, it's true. I, I will say, but, George, just check me on this. When we were out at training camp, remember, I did say – my prediction for the Rams this year, you remember. Well, right. That day when we were actually at training camp, you said they'd go to the Super Bowl. Right. Um, and right. then 
the day before and, and then the day after, you then went back to being they're not a playoff team. Yeah, right. I just want to make make it clear though that I said the Rams won the Super Bowl. Right, right. but you also said it. other things. Right. You don't get right. to, to just pick and choose the right. things you said. I didn't, I didn't mean it. And I didn't believe it, but right. I did say you it got, on the air. You got sucked up in the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't go, Rams are going to the Super Bowl, Rams suck, and then right. choose which one you like after they play a game. I and, will say this. that It had to have gone down. I know we're the home of the Rams, but I mean, just looking at every game across the board all weekend long, and there were a lot of interesting games and some, some interesting scores. You're like, how'd that happen? But of every game on the league this weekend. The Rams on the road without Cooper Cup, with all this talk about how Matthew Stafford can't communicate with young guys because that's what his wife told us, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I I do think the Rams beating the Seahawks on the road is the biggest shocker of the weekend, isn't it? Um, I really did not. I mean, I'll I'll just be honest. I did not expect the Rams to win the game. Uh, I thought if of those really tough games they got, San Francisco, Philly, I, I thought... This was the one they could steal. I took them. I I, I made did you a take prediction. Them out, right? Yeah, we did. We do picks every week. Yeah. I picked the Rams. Good for you, man. Uh, uh, by the way, guys, a let, me give, let me give you nice an faith. update. Um, they have opened the field at MetLife Stadium. Okay, so yeah, it looks like this game is going to start on time. They are predicting major thunderstorms. Yeah. You guys see the, the pictures. Was um, that Hurricane Lee in that area already, or what's the deal? They, I think it's like starting to 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 rear its ugly head. If we need information, we can always go to Dallas Rains, former backup quarterback for the Florida State. Seminoles. Kevin Feinstein uh, was not yes, a quarterback at Florida to, State. You know, it's funny. I had Florida State this weekend. I could have found out if it was if if that's what he's really saying. I yeah. could have gone see, deep like, dive and investigated. He and Burt Reynolds went to school together. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. This picture, though, of, of MetLife Stadium with the gray clouds behind it where you can't even see New York City. I mean, it, it's pretty gnarly looking. Yeah. Um, I hope this game goes off because this is – I've been looking forward to this all weekend. Is is you know It was a great weekend yesterday, a great day of games, but this was the game I was most looking forward to in terms of games that I don't have like a rooting interest in. Well, it's a monster uh, ratings night for Monday Night Football and for ABC and for New York, and it's in New York on 9-11, so yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. they're going to yeah. do everything it's they can to get in there. Yeah. Right, and by the way, welcome back, Spectrum. Yeah, yeah dude, that's that? crazy. Just in time. We crazy. got our ESPN You back. knew this was going to happen before Monday Night No, Football, here's probably. the thing, George. Over the weekend, we bought this thing called Tubo. Fubo. Fubo. Yeah. Fubo. Yeah. We yeah. bought yeah. the Fubo. Same. We had a yeah. week-long uh, trial. trial. Yeah, and we were able to get all the ESPN. I was able to watch all that stuff this morning, and then it it broke, and everybody can watch it now. So I'm getting rid of Fubo. Hey, let yeah, me see you, Fubo. See you, bye, Fubo. A, let me ask all you guys a quick question because I always one of my favorite things about listening to the Mason and Ireland show mm-hmm. is when you guys talk history, and you guys talk about the history of the show. Um, I'm curious. It's 22 years after the fact, and tonight, like you mentioned, Johnny, I. I mean, everybody's going to be watching, and and it is New York City. It is Aaron Rodgers, but it is 9/11. I'm curious. Everybody have a story as to where and when, like where they were when it all went down. Oh, I remember where I was. For Let sure. me hear yours. I mean, I was. Well, I, I was. Uh, I was in Miami. I had. Um, I was working. I had just gotten laid off by a uh, I was working for a radio station cab you'll remember this on the experimental dial 1700 the fan they had just gone under mm-hmm. and so I was working a uh, courier with a, for a buddy of mine's business for a few months while I was before I jumped on to another station and I remember waking up that morning and I turned on the TV and everything had already, the first tower had already been hit so and then as I was watching the second I was watching the today show and then that's when they were they were literally live talking about the second tower 
uh, being hit. I was able to see that. And then um, I went to work, and the, and my, my buddy who was my boss like, no, nah, dude, let's just all go home. Let's just kind of – like nobody's going to do anything today. And I remember just being glued to the coverage until I fell asleep on my couch um, probably, I don't know, 2, 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you fellas? I was in – it happened early in the morning, and I was living in the Hollywood Hills, and Lisa was eight months pregnant. Mm-hmm. She was asleep, and the first plane hit the tower, and I'm like, um, you know, I didn't think it was a terrorist attack. I thought a plane lost control right, right. Mm-hmm. and just came in too low and hit the tower. And so I had it on, and I was watching, and I, and then the second plane hit a tower, and I woke her up. Right. Like, yeah. a, we're, we're under attack. Yeah. Mace? So I was, this will surprise nobody, asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, so uh, your experience was you woke up and found out all about this. I, yeah. I could hear, I, in, in my head, I could hear people, like, upset outside because i was living in a condo i could hear other people were you in upset. new york no i was here okay. and i was sound asleep and by the time i got out of bed the towers were gone yeah i didn't see oh, they had any, already fallen they had yeah. already fallen so wow. mason sleeps through everything you guys will appreciate this so it's like 5 50 a.m and i i had moved from new york city to san diego oh you were and, not there for no, it okay I, so so i moved from new york city to san diego in april of 2001 um, my son was born in May of 2001, and so it's you know it's 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 September 11th, and I'm, it's 5:50 a.m. And again, you guys will appreciate this. I'm sitting in the radio studios of Extra Sports 690. Yep. I know a lot of sports radio listeners who listen to 710 remember that old school station. And I'm with my partner at the time, Billy Ray Smith. Yep. And I say something weird's going on because we had nine Zenith. 27-inch box TVs in the studio 22 mm. years ago. And I said, something weird's going on in New York. I don't know, some plane like ran into the World Trade Center. There's black smoke. We come on the air, and it's like 6.02 a.m. or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, hey, everybody, something weird's kind of going on in New York. We'll keep our eye on it. And then all of a sudden, the second plane hits. And like a moron, I say to him, I go, dude, they have like a replay of the plane crashing in. He goes, no, man, that's the other tower. Mm. And at that moment, we knew... I have goosebumps thinking about it because I've gotten a lot of response from people today. We were like, dude, 22 years ago, I woke up that morning, I turned on the radio, and you told the story. And, I mean, I can't believe 22 years has gone by, fellas. Well, I mean, really. And, you know, you think about this. There are a lot of uh, kids who have no, – this is like history and doesn't feel real to them. Yeah. Because uh, they weren't alive for it. And yeah. so you try to convey that um, and get people to understand that that's – I mean, that was a significant – historical disaster totally uh, well have, have george and cappy have you guys seen the movie united 93 yeah i've not seen that that's the one where they they are going to take down the, 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 the guys are going to take that down crashes the plane. in pennsylvania yeah, yeah. the yeah. um the six guys in the back of the plane including a rugby player from cal uh stormed the cockpit and took the plane down we, they think it was heading for the white house but uh there were heroes on that plane and and the i i Forgive me for those of you who heard me do this earlier, but I always tell people, if you're trying to explain 9-11, tell, tell anybody who doesn't understand it to watch United 93. They shot it in real time. There's no name actors in it. You won't recognize any big names in the movie. But um, the people that they use in the control tower for that movie were the people that were in the tower that day. No way. And Paul Greengrass, who did all the Bourne movies, is the director and it is nonstop in real time. It starts when they left the hotel in Boston, and it ends when the plane hits the ground in Pennsylvania. 
Wow. And and it covers everything, the confusion, the planes. Do we take out all the planes out of the sky? They had an order to shoot down any plane that wouldn't communicate back to them. So if somebody had a radio problem and they couldn't communicate, they were just going to shoot the plane down. Mm. It was mass chaos. And it's United 93 is one of the most gripping movies I've ever seen. So if you, Cappy, at some point. Yeah, I got to check it out. Watch it. It's it, yeah. And it'll mess with your head. It's I, like I had to walk around the theater twice just to get my wits about me because it was wow. so traumatic. Damn. You know, one uh, one thing I wanted to, since we're on this subject, um, and I just made a, uh, a donation, uh, there are now as many New York firefighters who have died from working on that pile and all that toxic stuff than actually died on 9-11. Yeah, There's I believe it. all kinds of weird cancer and all this stuff for standing there. So uh, I'll tweet out a link. You can make a contribution. Yeah, do it, please, Mace. Because, cool. uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, it's just stunning, the people that were out there working and now the life that they're dealing with and the illnesses they're dealing with. Yeah, and listen, I didn't mean to bring anybody down, but think about this from a sports perspective. What happened thereafter, again, back to younger people who don't remember this, yep. what happened thereafter was they canceled the NFL weekend. I remember, like, Vinny Testaverde is the quarterback of the Jets, and Michael yep. Strahan is kind of the star of the Giants, yep. and these guys were down in that area in ground zero, like, doing things, like, just helping, like, assembly line, anything they could do to help, and then when when it was President Bush, as I recall, he yes. threw out a first pitch at a Yankee game. Does that sound yeah. right to everybody? Yes. Yeah. And yes. the way in the World Series, right? And the way America, like at the time, came together at that moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, what has happened in twenty years? Forget about politics and opinions and all that stuff. Like, just I can't believe it's been twenty-two years, guys. Well, and the, what's weird about that too, and you know, the world is kind of fractured now, but on. For, for that period of time, everybody was on the same team. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody. I, and I often wonder, Cappy, so you left just before 9-11. Just before. And I remember that morning when I started to see those buildings. I, I, and I said, to my, I said to Billy Ray in the, in the studio, I go, how will they get up there and fix those buildings? Like, what a dummy. You know what I mean? Like, I had right. no idea. I was 31 years old. What a dummy. I'm like, how are they going to get up there and fix them? And then, boom, they came down. Yeah. And I remember calling my wife, my ex-wife. And she was on the phone calling people. And I had this one friend of mine who lived in the same building that we did on the Upper East Side. And he, he called me and he was running. Um, he had left the World Trade Center and he ran to like the river and he just started running. He left his he had a, rode a motorcycle. He just left it and just they were told everybody just run uptown. Just mm. run. Move. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right, boys. Sedano and Cap are back in together and are for the you first gonna, time in a couple of weeks. I, I know we've had this conversation, and it's an important conversation to have, but do you have uh, football analysis and stupidity on the way? Oh, tons dude. of football analysis, tons of stupidity, and Puka Nakua is going to join us at oh, 430. Beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah, That's exciting. That. I can't wait to – you heard the nickname there. I, I don't know if he knows No, it. no. What is it? What do you, uh, you want to call him? Puka Doncic. Mm. No. That went. That went. It's kind of cute. It's kind of funny. It took me funny. a second. Yeah. yeah, but like once I figured Luca, it out, like Luca Puka, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know. Ask him about it. Goof around. Uh, what time? Four thirty. Okay, I will be here for that. Uh, guys, have a great show. We're back tomorrow at one. Mason and Ireland, seven ten ESPN. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah. 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 Come on. Bing, ba-da, bing. boop bing Bing, ba bop Cappy, I didn't know that you adapted the Dolphins as opposed I adapted to them. adopted them. I didn't adopt them, I adapted them. Yeah. I mean, technically you could adapt them too. You could adapt to them. I adapted to them. Yeah. Just perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, by the way, It's, it's George, rare that Christopher gets like some words wrong in those know, scenarios. So, some yeah. minor market stuff right there is what that is. That's some small yeah. market stuff is what that is. Yeah. Um, hey, George. So uh, real quick before we get started, Chris mentioned yeah. it. Dude, yeah. I know you were out there hustling and grinding and working. And by the way, dude, I was watching the USC Stanford game on Saturday night on a mm-hmm. TV. And I was watching the Florida State Southern Miss game on my phone. I had to sound down on the SC game because it was so lame and boring. And the game that you were calling was unbelievably boring as well because they were both monster blowouts. But I'm a Sedano supporter, so I was there doing it. Yeah, but I appreciate uh, it. Uh, yeah, but um, man, I know you text me. It was very nice of you. I know, dude. Um, I gotta say, what a weekend! I mean, what a weekend! But it all started, George, on mm-hmm. Friday afternoon at Black Gold. I heard. Well, here, but I have a couple of quick questions for everybody. Yeah. Because when the show ended and the yeah. circle of trust had taken over the back patio yeah. at Black Gold, uh, all of a sudden there was no more Morales. He was history, yeah. you know, and it was me and Beto and Laura and Funchy. And, and I think even uh, producer Lindsay Baseball may have may have bounced. I went and to then, the game, remember? That was the oh, plan. That's right. You did go she to the She went to the Gardo's Angels. Right. Yeah, everyone was supposed to go, but you guys all ditched me. So you know, Well, whatever. and she said, she's like, I feel like such a loser. I'm going to the game by myself. Okay. Well, Stefa right. and Josh went with me, so we had a good yeah. time. Well, how about we, we put this on hold for a second, because it sounds like our special guest, Puka Nakua, has uh, joined us a little early today. Okay. So let's All let's right. talk to the man of the hour, one of the men of the hour, the Rams, a big upset victory on the road against an in-division uh, division rival, the Seattle Seahawks. Puka Nakua now joins us here on Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. Puka, congratulations, man. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, hey, man, we, we got to just like take us through what you've been through here, right? Like you were you were great in the preseason. The guys were telling us when we were at camp, you were a guy to watch. That's one thing. OK, but you go in there, fifth round pick, right? You go in there week one and you ball out like you. 
you created records. Like, they were legit Rams records that you now hold for a debut game. 15 targets, 10 receptions, 119 yards. I mean, ESPN Stats and Info is talking about how you're doing stuff that's record-breaking and historical. I, I Just to put it all into context, what was yesterday like from beginning to end for you? Um, it was a great day. I, I'm blessed to be where I'm at. Uh, I'm blessed to be out here uh, to be a part of this Los Angeles Rams team. Um, from the moment I got, uh, like, I woke up just feeling good. Uh, from the moment I've been here, it's been, um, I've been having a blast playing football and learning so much from the guys that have been uh, uh, in the receiver room. I and from Matthew, from Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Like, uh, I feel like it's, it's football heaven for me. Like being able to learn from some of the best. And it's been it was all it all came together yesterday, and it was it was. And dude, um, you know, George is just kind of going through all these amazing numbers yesterday. The number of times you were targeted, the number of receptions you had, the yards, the average. There was an interview you were giving after the game, and I think somebody else was kind of recounting this. And the quote was that I had read was, "You were like, hey, um, I just want to call my mom." Did you get done last night in the locker room with all these interviews and hurry up and get on the phone with your mom? And if so, what was that like? <laughs> I did. We're, right, right. we're getting out of there. I was over to shower up and get on the buses. I was one of the, the last ones out of there. But I was able to call my mom, and it was just so I could just feel like the excitement. Like I was like I was. I felt like I was right next to my mom, the way she was screaming on the phone, and just the, the excitement and joy, and the ability to be like, "Hey, mom, like how fun was that being able to watch on TV?" And as she was saying, my, my cousins were over there watching, and then all my siblings and stuff. So um, it was a dream come true. It's something I've been dreaming about as a little kid, and be able to have that moment after my mom, and just to, for her to say how proud of. Uh, how proud she was of me and uh, to be able to just accomplish that goal of playing in my first NFL game and for it to go as it did was it was a blessing all right so tell me what did you what were those conversations like specifically like mom the cousins like what were they saying to you were they just like yelling and screaming like you're the man you were balling out like what were those yeah yeah yeah. like what were those conversations like dude all my siblings were definitely. Yeah, I have, when I when I Facetime them, the, when I Facetime our family group chat and stuff, it was just all screams going crazy. Everybody's super hyped, just saying how how much they enjoyed watching it. They were screaming and they were talking about the play. My uh, we had uh, our third. We were in third down and Matthew Stafford threw me that go ball and I just I was just outside of my fingertips. So they were giving me crap about the ones that I left out there, but they were also applauding me and the just in the job well done and winning our game as well. So it was a blast. <laughs> So, Puka, look, here's the thing. When George and I were sitting there at training camp, I remember the the first day we were there, it was the day that Cooper Cup got hurt. And we were watching the first team offense, and I'm going, who's number 17? I had to look down the roster. I'm like, who's this guy? So, listen, fifth-round draft choice, to make the team is a big deal. To make the team and possibly contributes an even bigger deal. To make the team and be a starter on the opening day and have this kind of performance is, like, almost unheard of. Are you as surprised as the rest of us? Um, I wouldn't use the word surprise. I would say prepared. Uh, prepared is the, the word I would use. I, I'm, I'm great. I'm grateful for guys like Cooper Cup um, being able to take me under his wing and communicate uh, at a at a very high level and being able to help me get this job done. But I'm prepared for my moment. Uh, I would say uh, there's been a lot of things coming. I, I'm confident in my skills. And I believe uh, that I believe that Coach McVay and them saw something in me, and I, that helps boost my confidence. But 
for my ability to go out there and play and do the things that I know I'm capable of. But um, definitely not. I wouldn't use the word surprise, though. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say the surprise is not that you had the performance. The surprise is the role that you played. I mean, look, if Cooper Cup's in the game, maybe you don't get 15 targets. That's all I meant by surprise, right? I mean, I was just surprised at how frequently they went to you. That, that was pretty cool. Oh shoot! Oh yeah, you're, you're telling me. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was a, it's a great feeling uh, when freaking number nine's throwing you the ball because you know how perfect the ball's going to be. The placement is elite, and uh, I was just able. I'm I'm lucky and blessed to be able to have earned his trust and to make sure that I was in the right spots when he was planning to throw me the ball. <laughs> well, there was one specific pass where he hit you on the sideline. Um, over a defender who wasn't really looking, like he just like he put it in the perfect place. What was it like? You mentioned kind of playing with number nine. What is it like when a dude can just put the ball wherever the hell he wants it and put you in a position to succeed? It makes uh, it makes my job super easy. I I, I would say I, I like to say I, I provide a lot of things at the wide receiver position, but number nine makes my job super easy. Being able to just put my arms out, throwing that to a blind defender, somebody who's who's panic dropping and, and sprinting to make sure that they're in the right spot, and he puts it in the one area that they uh, he knows they can't reach, and it's only it's in my arm length, so. It was, it's, it's a dream come true. It's like Madden when you play on like the arcade mode or when you're playing against your little brother and you're just dicing him up for a hundred points in Madden, a hundred percent accuracy. Like it was just crazy. Dude, I can't believe it though. Like guys are 22 and, and you know, you're a young guy and, and it's your first game and you're making these kinds of impacts in the game. Do you, do you feel like, hey, I've just been playing football my whole life. This is just the highest level, and I've earned my way to be here. Or, or did it feel different to you yesterday, your first NFL regular season game? Um, I guess it would. De- I would definitely say the speed is different. The physicality, man. There's, there's this num- number fifty-four on the other team, and a lot of those guys that who who have been doing it for a long time. I've been able to watch and gr- as I've grown up and seen, uh, they hit they hit a lot harder than uh, it looks on TV too. <laughs> so it was crazy to kind of feel that, but then the ability to have success, like that, the one moment where I felt like I caught the ball and I was able to to get the first down. Just the the more the ability to make that play just helped my confidence skyrocket from there. Now you mentioned earlier that you know you were so lucky to have a guy like Cooper Cup in camp, kind of helping you out. What was some of the things that that Cooper helped you with? Um, alignment, um, the understanding of how to to take leverage and the ability to to see um, coverage is a lot better. And being able to understand who's my matchup going to be. Um, how I need to win in this the in the timing of the play. There's so many different things that he he uh, his knowledge is the best of the best for all for every position on the football field. So it's so crazy when he's just talking about I'm trying to understand who's what corner's guarding me, and he's like, oh, I got the whole coverage. He's like, oh, I'm telling the defense if they busted, like he knows if the backer is like, oh, that backer wasn't supposed to blitz right there because this the the way this backer moved his drop wasn't protecting his drop. So his understanding is. In, insane, and I'm trying to slowly pick it up. But in the the nuances of playing the wide wide receiver position, um, it's a blessing to have him out there. Nice, hey dude, um, Puka Nakua. I, I'm, is that the full name? Is there more to it? And is there a translation, if you will, for what it might mean? <laughs> um, Puka Nakua is uh, is actually a, a family nickname. Uh, my my legal name is Makaya Manu Nakua. Uh, Puka was a nickname given to me in Samoa. It means uh, 
chubby. Uh, it was more of a, my grandma gave it to me for a, a, a baby nickname. Uh, I was a bigger baby, and it just kind of stuck. It's, it's a lot easier than saying Micaiah. My mom calls me Micaiah. She's really mad at me, but rarely do I ever <laughs> Yeah, so what was the last time mom called you Micaiah then? Uh, may, uh, maybe my senior year of high school. <laughs> Why? I haven't made her that mad. <laughs> I think we were we we might have been uh, figuring out what what college I was going to go to. We weren't exactly seeing eye to eye. <laughs> well, you started at Washington. Where did she want you to go? Um, it was, I, she, my mom really liked UCLA. My mom my mom grew up in California. She she grew up in Orange, so she's been uh, she's been to the USC and the UCLA games. She really liked UCLA though. <laughs> uh-huh. And you yeah. chose Washington, but then left there and went to BYU. What, right, because why, why? you were you but you were from Provo, right or no, or in that area, right? Uh, I had gone to high school. I was born in Las Vegas, but uh, went to high school right uh, right next to Provo. So re- grew up in BYU's backyard, but. Uh, my grandma, my mom's mom, uh, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer uh, in 2021, and so I had the, uh, after that COVID season, I had the opportunity to go back home and kind of be with my grandma before she had passed. Oh man, that's awesome, dude! That's well, amazing. not awesome that she got that. Awesome that you moved back for the correct, those reasons. right? Yes. Not awesome that she yeah. passed. I mean, awesome Jesus, that, dude. That you, well, but it is an amazing thing. I mean, to <laughs> no, go I know, home I know, I know, I know. and to be close to family like that—that's really incredible, man. Yeah. Good for you, dude. Good and, for you. and by the way, for a young kid, to your point, Cap. Um, you know, to have that awareness, right? To right. want to be near family. That's awesome. Yeah, I know, dude. that's you sound, awesome. Sound super mature. Hey, you're 22. What? When were you? What's your actual birthday? Uh, May 29th, 2001. I only ask because that means that you were about five or six months old when 9-11 happened 22 years ago. You going to go home and watch the Monday Night Football game tonight from New York? Oh, of course I am. <laughs> I know, man. That's amazing. Twenty-two years. This George, this guy was just barely a baby. Yeah, when I know. This, We're, uh, you know, you know what down. that means? We're old. Is what well, that means? Dude, it's, um, but it's hard to believe. I, I, I would much rather trade places with him and be twenty-two year old, who's only been the fourth uh, rookie to debut, having ten catches in his debut game, and that's what Puka Nakua did yesterday for your Los Angeles Rams. Puka, you're the man, dude. You are welcome to come back on yeah, this show anytime right you want, bro. Right on, young fella. Hey, hey! I appreciate that. That say less. I'll be, I'll be in touch then. Yeah, all right, brother. Be good. To good luck too. I want to talk yeah. to mom. Yeah, mom. Get mom on the phone with I us next talk time to mom. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mom, mom would love a phone call too. That's for sure. <laughs> all right, Puka. All right, stay healthy, bro. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Have a good one, George. What a story. What a story. Think about this: the fourth player in NFL history with 10 receptions and yeah. over 100 yards receiving yeah. in his first career game. Yeah. Incredible. That's unbelievable. One of four guys to do it. Hey, hey uh, listen, you and I, we got yeah. scout size because when yeah. we were out there and we, we, did. we saw this kid, we yeah. picked this up on day one, Jack. Yeah, but there was actually one person who – there were two people who told us about Puka Nakua, and I'm going to shout them out on the other side. And let's get into the game a little more since Puka jumped on with us. Thanks to Puka. Uh, thanks to Artis and the Rams for hooking that up as well. Uh, let's get into the game coming up here in just a sec. All right, a Rams oh, yeah. reaction Monday. There you go. Thank you to Puka Nakua, Cappy, for joining us there. Good kid, man. He's got a good personality, big smile. I loved it. I read that story about his mom, how all he wanted to do was call his mom, and I just thought, my God, this kid is so cute, 22 years old. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 
Um, Beto says that Puka did pre-draft workouts with Ryan Garcia, the strength coach. Dude was a beast, better numbers than other pros. Samoans and Tongans in L.A. are all about him right now. And then he says, and Cappy, I thought your question about his um, about the his name, right, um, was awesome, the Polynesian question. Um, and Beto says this, dead grandma 9-11, Jesus, Cappy. I didn't know that grandma died, but what a great story. No, no, I but mean, it, it, it turned out okay. Well, yeah. but the funny part was more about how you were like, dude, that's awesome. Like, not that grandma died. <laughs> well, how about earlier in it? How, how about earlier in it? I was like, were you surprised you were, you know, about, you know, your performance? Like, no, I was just prepared. I'm like, no, bro, I'm talking about 15 targets as a rookie who's yeah. a fifth round draft choice. I mean, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. That is yeah. shocking. Yeah. And you asked him about 9 11. What was the point of that? Well, he was wanted, five I months know, old. I, well, I wanted to know when, when he was born. Was he born after 9-11? No, that part I get. You know, or yeah. was he born before 9-11? You know, George, it's kind of a weird experience. <laughs> i got to tell you. For me, I have a 23-year-old son. I have a 21-year-old daughter. My yeah. kids are about, and in May of next year, they'll turn 24 and 22. Correct. Now we're interviewing kids who are 22 years old. Yeah. When I, when I first got started in this business, I was a kid who was just coming out of playing and whatever, whatever. And I'm like 25, 26, and all my friends are still ball players or whatever. Now all the friends have turned into coaches or yeah. GMs yeah. or they've bought in as as owners. I mean, the players are children; they're babies, 22 years old. We're interviewing a 22 year old child, young man, who went out and balled yesterday. All the credit to that kid. And by the way, all the credit to Matthew Stafford. I gotta say to his wife, Yo, I know you got the inside. But the podcast, how he can't communicate with these young kids, not only can he communicate with them in the language of football, but George, did you happen to see the post-game locker room where Matthew Stafford with his gray beard is is doing the breakdown for all these young kids? Did you see that video? I love it. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. So, I mean, Matthew Stafford's like, yo, man, we uh, nobody knows what we're about, and he's right. Because we I have that audio, though, don't we? Yeah, we do have it. I mean, uh, we don't need you to tell us. Let's well, just I mean, hear from I, Matthew Stafford. Doing my Stafford F-bomb, impression. F-bombs and all. Nah, nah, nah. He gets bleeped out. Do we got it? Of course. It's about the way you guys picked one another up. Sorry. Stop after stop after stop defensively. Mm-hmm. Offensively, gets going. Special teams, holy shit. That's a freeze field goal and you hit a 50 yard. <laughs> <laughs> we were not supposed to take that thing. God dang. Let me tell you what, man. Love this group. Yeah, yeah. Love you guys, for real. Because of the way that you guys have poured yourselves out every single day. Understand how do we move forward with the right mindset and mentality. Don't you change at all. Don't you change. Love you guys. So grateful. Matthew, get one. Whatever the the outside world thought the was going to look like, they don't got a clue. Every single day, we just started now let's go yeah he's relating now i mean george he sounds like a guy who in his mid-30s can relate to 22 year old young fellas you know i don't know what uh what his wife is talking about in the podcast you know i mean it really did bring uh, it like it brought doubt to me there was no cooper cup stafford's older he's coming off injury after injury wife says he can't communicate with these guys like it just didn't feel good going in but, man, what Stafford said after is right on. None of us on the outside know what's going on. But, George, you think about last year's Rams team. Offensive line obliterated with injuries. And and Stafford got hurt later in the season. Cup got hurt. Uh, Aaron Donald got shut down. What we saw yesterday from the Rams is who the Rams are when they're fully healthy. Even with the, the, the number of guys that they've lost. This is That was the best we're going to see them. 
Now they just got to stay healthy so they can play that caliber of football. Yeah. Now, look, they're playing the Niners next, and the Niners probably look the best of anyone this weekend. Is that fair to say? I don't know, man. I, the Dallas Cowboys kind of got to me a little bit last night. Yeah, but, but I told you Daniel Jones stinks, bro. Well, you didn't have to tell me. I kind of saw it up close and personal last year in the playoffs, and they won that game, by the way. Right, that's right. You were there. But um, the the Rams' shocking win on the road over the Seahawks is one. I'm with you. I, I didn't know if Pittsburgh would win, but I definitely thought they'd be more competitive against San I Francisco. Mean, they got destroyed. From beginning to end, that game was never competitive. Completely At least the Rams' game was competitive for a half, you know, you or three quarters. You the know? weird thing is is how the Niner fans, you know, we've seen the Niner fans come to SoFi and take the yeah. place over. Okay, yeah. no big deal, right? But it seemed like they may have almost taken over Pittsburgh yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and listen, we all know about my fans, my, the Dolphin fans, who took over SoFi yesterday, which was awesome. But I did not expect to see the San Francisco 49ers go into Pittsburgh and beat down the Steelers in game one and bring all those fans and kind of take over the sound of that stadium. And yeah. we know what it'll look like probably this Sunday. Which is crazy because you never thought you'd envision that happen with Steeler fans. Um, no. But the Niner fans were there. And the Dolphins fans, I to- well, we saw this last year. I wasn't surprised. I went to that game last year with my wife when they played on Sunday night, and I told you it was like 60% Dolphin fans uh, at the stadium that night. So I'm assuming it was very similar on Sunday. I could see the crowd shots, tons of aqua and orange. So. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, so, so on an overreaction kind of a day after the first week of the NFL season, here's the question. Are the Rams this good, and are the Seahawks really not very good at all, and was last year kind of a fluke? Yes, yes. I think the Rams are good, and like, what is good? Like, I think they're a playoff team. I think that they are a, in the NFC, they are going to be in the mix for a playoff spot. Um, Are the Seahawks as good as they were last year? No, they barely made the playoffs last year, and I think that Geno Smith had a really good year last year. He was an incredible comeback story, deserved all the love. But I think at some point, teams start to see, all right, what are they doing different with Gino? Why was he so successful? And they can start to figure some stuff out. Um, And let's face it, if you look at that Seahawks team, defensively, they are not as good as they once were. They have some good offensive weapons, uh, but defensively, they they are challenged in ways that they hadn't been previously. Yeah, I, I just would have thought that a Pete Carroll coach team that surprised the league last year by making it to the postseason and then committed to the quarterback because he did have a good year. And like you're saying, you know, he may come back to who he was prior to last year, Geno Smith. I just was surprised that – and again, I didn't take the Rams. So I'm saying I was surprised because I thought that they were going to go up there and lose that game. I, I got caught up in the Cooper Cup hype in the, in the Stafford lack of communication and all of his injuries. I got caught up in all that and thought Seattle was probably better than they were. But on an overreaction Monday – the Seahawks stink, and the Rams are going to win the division. How's that? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'm overreacting. I still, I still think the Niners are going to win the division, and yeah, I think I'm the Niners. I bet you the Niners win next week. But here's the thing: the Rams are going to be in this thing. Like the Rams, I I tried to tell everyone, nobody would listen. The Rams are not going to be a pushover. This notion that they were going to tank it was absurd. I never believed that for one second. And by the way, you think they forgot about Dre? They forgot about McVay. Okay. What? You have no idea what oh, I'm talking God. about. No, the, the whole forgot about Dre thing just went right over my hip-hop head. Mm. Yeah. What does that mean? You never heard the song? Laura, play for him. What song? If you can find it. Everybody want to talk. They got something to say. But oh, that's, that's forgot about Dre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eminem. Oh, I, oh, I know that song. They forgot about McVeigh. They forgot about McVeigh. We should do a spoof of that.
Well, listen, hey, you're we should, And I said it out loud, so that way when we do it eventually it's and ours. the other shows try to steal it, then right. you know where it came from first. No, but listen, I love your overreaction. I love your overreaction today. Can we just have Lindsay do it again? That's what it is. I know, Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay, good. just do it again. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead no, 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 I already did no, it. No, you were good. <laughs> no, but it's got to be clean because we talked over it. Nowadays. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'll sing it with the song. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cap, let her do it. Well, I don't know. Well, there's no I mean, words yet. There's the whole, be- you know. I oh, I thought like- this was the no, song with the words. No, it was an instrumental. No, it's instrumental. So I she didn't can know it was rap an instrumental. over it. Yeah. I didn't know. Mm. Yeah, but all we need is the hook. She just wants to get it to the hook part, so that way she can do the thing she just did. Nowadays, everybody want to talk. Okay, now it messed me up. I can't do it now. See, you oh, come on, on, Lindsay. Do, do better. It. Come on, baseball. Oh. All right. We'll work. I got we'll it. I'll work. I'll work with what I got. I work with what I got. Yeah, but they forgot about Dre now. They forgot about McVeigh, yo. Well, this is a great overreaction because it's week one. That's it. And now you got to stay healthy because if if you can look like that, if your offensive line can protect like that, yeah. if your defense is back, like it, I mean, it looked really solid yesterday, yeah. and if you can have a veteran quarterback make young wide receivers, including Tutu Atwell, I know he's been around for a couple of years, but he hasn't really contributed to the offense. Yeah. If a veteran quarterback can make this receiving crew look like that, you might have something here. Yeah. Well, listen, coming up next, let, we'll continue discussing the Rams throughout the show, including the next segment. But we got to talk about your Chargers charging again. Well, your, your old Chargers. Your Dolphins taking, right. making the Chargers charge. Right. Okay? So let's get to that next. Ooh, thank you, Evan Cohen. Listen to Unsportsmanlike every morning with my friend, one of my long longest-running friends, Evan Cohen. I've known him for over 20 years, almost as long as I've known Cappy, um, with uh, Chris Canny and Michelle Smallman, who I've known for nearly a decade as well. She was once my producer. Think about what we've been able to do, man, all these years. You know, we talk about 22 years of uh, since 9-11, 22 years. Long time. You know, you had this young lady who's now the host of this show. and, she, and was Michelle a, Smallman, yeah. I, and I don't know her, um, and I hope she does great. Yes, um, a lovely I'm, young lady. And I'm loving the fact that Evan is now, you know, part of our station more so than ever before. But, George, even I, we had a producer at one time who went on to become Levitard's producer, made a huge contribution to that show um, that, you know, started with us way back when. So, and we're, we're rock stars, you and me. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit around here. We should start patting ourselves on the back a little bit more, I think. <laughs> we don't do that enough. I know. We don't do that enough. No, we do. Oh, we do? Yes. Oh, all right. We just did. Yeah, that's kind of true. I'll tell you what. You'd have pat everybody on the back. Had you been there on Friday at Black Gold, brother? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was <laughs> It was the funniest part of what happened is, dude, we go off the air on Friday night, man, and now it's it's everybody. The whole crew is there, dude. Yeah. And I mean the inner the circle. Mishbuka? The whole Dude, the Mishbuka. I'm talking the inner circle of the circle. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so we all run down to where it says 19th hole, and we take a picture. And um, Laura apparently doesn't make it into the picture. I don't know what exactly took place. I'm and, there. Well, you're in there now, right? Yes. yes. And and so you got photoshopped. Yeah, yeah they photoshopped no. her in. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, do they we all need to be photoshopped in? Because I feel like the only one that was there was you, Cappy. Oh, really? Beto was there uh, until oh, it was Beto and you. Yes. Well, Beto left once Beto, little Cappy rec- showed up. Yeah, I was gonna say Beto. I didn't recognize him in some of those photos by the end of the day. Oh, dude, Beto looked like he got annihilated in the after party, <laughs> and it was and it was so funny. But George, George, here's again the best part is is the O in a nineteenth hole was red like the circle of trust, 
And Crypto Ray is like, that's mine. I'm taking that, and I'm bringing that everywhere the circle of trust travels. So everywhere we go going forward, George, there will be a giant red O. Mm. I think he I love lost it. it. He tweeted I, yeah. that he lost it on the he highway. Does, yeah, he what? Did, he did oh, it no. off his car. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Wait, he, he had like, the O anyone... strapped down to his car? Yeah, because yes. it wouldn't fit, and he, he tweeted like, does anybody, has anyone seen the O because it fell off the yeah. roof on the highway? <laughs> Oh, my God. I had no idea. You know, yep. he should have given it to Tommy Tommy. George, did you hear that Tommy Tommy and Lil Cappy won the e-bike? Like a $3,000 e-bike from Hollywood Park Casino. Did yeah, you hear so about now, this? Yeah, so now he can ride, drive uh, Lil Cappy around on the bike. Yeah. Right, right. He's going to be riding dirty. And by the way, Lil, Lil Cappy is a puppet for those that don't know. Yeah. And, okay, so here's what happened. So after it's all over, George, and everybody is like loving By the way, happened. Chris says that circle is $350. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Come on, crypto. Do better, man. Strap that thing down, brother. Um, George, when it was all over, I pull. I'm an Irish goodbye guy. I'm just letting everybody know I'm an Irish goodbye guy. I'm when I'm ready to leave, I'm going to leave, and I'm not going to say goodbye because saying goodbye takes too long. But afterwards, George, Laura, this is where you're going to have to pick up the story. Mm-hmm. You, Beto, I think Funchy was part and of Brionis. this. Yeah, I was there. Uh, Briones, like you guys went with a circle to a very long rectangular table at a restaurant, and it looked like everybody got annihilated. Yeah. So we. You know, when I was there at Black Gold, everyone's like, hey, we're going to go back to Lone Wolf Brewery, which is about a mile from there. Let's go. I was like, I got plans. I can't go. They didn't let me escape. So I ended up going having a drink. So I didn't stay long, but I saw those pictures. People looked like they were having fun. I think Funch can actually <laughs> speak more on that. But I mean, it was a good time. Shout out to the owner of the brewery who was super sweet to us, accommodated I think like 15, 20 of us on that on that patio. So shout out to them. But I think Funch was there longer than I was. Yeah, I was there uh, pretty long. Uh, I, I tried to. Le- I think I left the same time Beto left. How did Beto get home? I think he went home with his friend. I, I don't know. Oh, that, oh the degenerate? Yeah. The degenerate, yes. Wait, the degenerate. degenerate. The degenerate was drinking more than anybody. Mm-hmm. He's a degenerate. <laughs> might have been Ubering. You never know. Oh, all right. That might be true. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah. That might be um, true. Cappy, but let's save the Chargers for a segment. We have more time because I oh, know yeah. you're going to need more time. <laughs> <laughs> but real quick, speaking of fun times, join the fun and games department at Hollywood Park Casino. Tonight, we'll be hosting a Monday Night Football watch party and giving fans a chance to play Million Dollar Mondays. you got to be present to participate, and we'll select three participants during the watch party, and they'll have a chance to win one million bucks. Mm. Okay? Like, legit. This isn't like some like fake thing. Like, this is legitimately you have a chance to win a million dollars, but you got to show up to Hollywood Park Casino tonight for Monday Night Football. But you got to be 21 or over to attend Hollywood Park Casino. Eat, drink, play. All right, Raiders. Yeah. I got to be honest. Now, look, I don't think the Broncos are very good. I also don't think the Raiders are very good. But in a battle of two teams that are not very good, the Raiders still won. And all you can say is the Raiders are in first place in the AFC West. And I don't know if I ever thought that would be the case at any point during this season. Okay, well, let's start off with this. Give the Raiders, and you know me, George, I don't love this phrase, and I don't hand them out easily. They're flowers. Give them their flowers. Flowers for the Raiders. That's right. Now, I feel like Raider fans would not love your flowers. You know what? They're not like a a flower-loving crew, I I believe. George, give them a dozen black roses. Okay. Okay? All right. How about half a dozen black, half a dozen silver? Give the Raiders their flowers. Yeah. Look, um, here's the thing. When you go on the road in week one in a division game in a place like Denver, I've talked about you know what it's like to play up there, and I've talked about it during the Lakers season, to go up on the road into the altitude, into a hostile environment 
with um you know with a, a new quarterback working with his new coach and granted they kind of grew up together as little kids in the in the Patriot system that is a hell of a win for the Raiders that is something you build on as for the Broncos tell me this they stink did you see the opening kickoff of the game no I didn't see the opening kickoff I joined oh. in progress oh let me let me tell you about this you're going to love this mm-hmm. so you remember when the Saints beat the Colts was the Colts, wasn't it, in the Super Bowl in Miami? Yes. Yeah. Remember, remember how the second half started for the Saints? Do you remember that by chance? Um, I'll tell you what they did. The Saints kicked an onside kick. Oh, the kick onside kick. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk about a guy who's living in the past and who's reading his press Oh, Sean Payton did onside thinks he's kick. so yeah. cute. Bro, opening kickoff of the season in Denver. Yeah, but and, that's the time to do it, opening kickoff. It's not going to hurt you there. Oh. I'm not denying that it wasn't a solid concept if it works. And by the way, it didn't Even lose them the game. Even if it doesn't work. It's it, like you kicked off to it, them and they ran it back. It didn't lose them the game. Right. All I'm saying is, is that Sean Payton, see, this is why I said it last year. You think that Sean Payton knows the key to winning a Super Bowl because he won one? Yeah. That was 10 plus years ago. Seriously, maybe 14 years ago. Sean Payton. Yeah, but come on, man. It's not like he wasn't a, a like he had just been a bum ever since. Like, I'm not denying it, like, that he's a you. Good, let me tell you something. You yeah. talk to people in New Orleans; they're still mad about that Rams game a couple years ago. Hey, rightly so. Um, but I'm just going to tell you that Sean Payton. If if you think Sean Payton shows up and he just wins a Super Bowl, well, that's what Jerry Jones thought about Mike McCarthy. It don't work like that. And no, I'm I, right I now, agree with that. That yes. was a that was a it was a cutesy sort of gimmicky way to start the season from a guy who's been known for being right. cutesy and gimmicky. Right, but let's talk about what really mattered in that game. The Raiders' offensive line controlled the line of scrimmage, okay? The the Broncos could not get any pressure on, on Garoppolo. He wasn't sacked. He was only hit three times in the pocket in that game. That is the difference in the game. And their, their D-line also did a fantastic job. Max Crosby, I saw him talking about how they feel uh, that this team is way different than what they had last year. They love Garoppolo. All of those guys. Josh Jacobs um, talked about how he was blocking for him to make sure he had a clean pocket. Um, you know, and Jacobs, by the way, the, 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 basically the play that won the game or sealed the game when Garoppolo scrambled, it was because Josh Jacobs took on a defensive end and held his block. Garoppolo had a lane to run and scampered towards the sideline to pick up the first down to seal this thing. And all these guys, they love Jimmy G all, I, I, you know, all of a sudden. They're like, he's a dog. Now, Jimmy G, if he's a dog, he's got to be a cute dog because that's a oh, good-looking man. Did you, right? see him like, after the, did you see him after the game? He's the a handsome room? fellow. I mean, first Jimmy of all, the suit yeah. he's wearing, the incredible fresh haircut, that yeah. super cool, like, 5 o'clock God, shadow, he's good looking. the smile. And then there's all these old guys around him just making him look that much better. But I'll just say this, man. Um, This is a game that if you're a Raider fan, you you get on this right now and you go, we can grow from here because you talk about everybody loving Jimmy G. You know why that is, George? You know know why? Because why don't you tell me on the other side? Well, I'll leave it with this because he wins. You can you can tell me about all the passing yards and, and how not how he's not a great passer. My man wins games. All right, coming up next, the Chargers did not win a game, and Cappy is going to gloat. That's next.